Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Royal and the Serpent, Royal of Royal and the Serpent, over Zoom video. Royal was born and raised in New Jersey, and she talks about where she grew up and how she got into music. She actually was a dancer, thought she was going to be a dancer. Her entire life broke both of her heels, shattered them when she was 14 years old, and then that Christmas ended up getting a guitar and started writing songs to kind of just get her feelings out. But she really got into music from her grandfather, who was an incredible drummer. So she picked up piano and would play with him and violin. Uh, but then dancing kind of took over and eventually she got back into the guitar. At 18, she moved from New Jersey to LA just because she wanted a change of scenery. When she got to LA, she got a job at a restaurant as a bartender the other person bartending with her actually heard her song. She played a song for this person at her apartment. This person was like, this is great. We should work on this together. They are still her manager to this day. Royal talked about the early shows she was playing, open mic nights, getting signed to Atlantic Records, having the pandemic happen like literally right after she signed the record deal. The major success of her song, Overwhelmed. Scoring a gold record with that song, having it chart on the alternative and rock charts. She tells us about hearing her song on the radio the first time and how emotional that was. And we learn all about her new record, which is called If I Die, Would Anyone Care? And just the vulnerability behind the album and the upcoming tour she has as well. You can watch the interview with Royal and Serpent on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, it'd be awesome if you follow us there and hook us up with a five-star review. That would mean so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Royal and the Serpent. Well, awesome. So this uh, podcast is all about you and your journey in the music industry and how you got to where you are now. And of course, uh, we'll talk about the new EP, which is incredible. Thank you so much. You are very, very welcome. So first off, I, I saw you're born and raised or bo at least born in New Jersey, right? Or born and raised yes. in New Jersey? Born and raised in New Jersey. Yeah. For the first 18 years of my life. Oh, wow. What was that like? It was awesome. I had an amazing upbringing. I was surrounded by a lot of creatives and um, I had a lot of really great friends and got into making art at a young age there. So it was cool. There's a lot of cool bands out of Jersey. And a yeah. lot, I mean, I'm sure the music scene when you were there as well has got to be pretty, pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, totally. I mean, so many of my friends even just were in the arts, like growing up, even just like in choir and in theater. It was cool. That is cool. And when yeah. did you get into music? I didn't actually get into music. I mean, I started like, I got my first guitar when maybe I was 14 and it was always a hobby, but it was a hobby along with the list of other things, painting and ceramics and dancing and theater. Um, and it was nothing that I really ever considered pursuing as a career until I moved out to California just for fun because I thought it sounded cool. And I met, um, I was like bartending at this restaurant and this guy became my friend. Long story short, he heard me sing one day when we were hanging out at my house and he was like, we should do something with that. You have a cool voice. And I was like, sounds good. And then he started managing me and he's still my manager to this day. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So you, you met this, when you're at, you met this person when you were at work, you said bartending we're, at a restaurant? Yeah, we're, 
Yeah, we were both bartending at the same restaurant. He had like done concert promotion and stuff, but he was in college mm-hmm. at the time. And um, we just like built this whole project from the ground up together. That is incredible. Well, prior to moving yeah. to LA, you didn't write songs at all or you weren't doing I music did. like that? Okay. I like I did in my bedroom, but it was like a shy hobby that I had that I didn't really share with people. It wasn't like something I was posting on social media or like advertising that I did. It was like this closeted thing I did by myself for fun and like to release my emotions. Um, And I never considered I never thought I was good enough to do it for real, I guess. Okay. so you when did you start like even just doing that where you when you got the guitar at 14? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a bunch of girlfriends that played guitar and I shattered my heel plates. I was a dancer. So I was like a okay. pretty intense dancer for most of my upbringing. That's how I like got into the theatrics of even just like enjoying the stage. Mm, um, okay. And I got hurt. And so I had to stop dancing. And I think that's when I started hanging out with some of the more like theater leaning music leaning kids because I couldn't dance anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I guess the rest was kind of history. Well, that must've been devastating to break your, you said shatter your heel. Yeah. I, mean, I shattered both my heel plates. And mm-hmm. that was kind of what you thought you were going to do. I mean, it sounds like that was I, like really where your passion was in the beginning. Yeah. I definitely thought that I was going to be a dancer for the rest of my life, but I will say I'm pretty grateful that it happened when it did, because I think the longevity of being a dancer is a lot shorter than the longevity of being a musician because your body can only withstand so much for so long. Oh yeah. I mean, dancing, yeah. gymnastics, a lot of that stuff where you're like really physical. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can totally. see that being, uh, and yeah, exactly. Like not being able to be doing when you're in your forties or fifties. Totally. Yeah. Huh. How old were you when you shattered your heels? Like how long had you been dancing for prior to that? Um, I mean, I started dancing when I was like four or five and I shattered my heels when I was a freshman in high school. Oh, so, so right around probably 14 years old when you got the guitar. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I got the guitar like that Christmas that I, after I broke my heels was when I got the guitar and it was like my new outlet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you probably, yeah, mm-hmm. you probably had a lot to, to get out, especially mm-hmm. now everything you were working towards or, you thought yeah. you were working towards this kind of got pulled out from mm-hmm. under you. Totally. I mean, and just being a teenage girl, I think inherently is so emotional. <laughs> and so like there was always, there was always something that, uh, to write about. I mean, I wrote poetry too. Um, for most of my life, my mom was always really into poetry. So I think I got that from her. Um, Great. and then, then the two things just kind of like came together. Anyone else musical in your family? My pop-up, yeah. I have a tattoo of him actually on my arm up here. I don't know if you can see it. But oh, this guy that is so was, awesome. um, yeah, he was an incredible drummer. He played every instrument, but his, his thing was really the drums and the vibes. And um, he, I get a lot of it from him. I mean, he taught me to play piano at a very young age and he played violin. So I used to play violin with him. Um, yeah. So you, yo, so you could play violin and piano early on too? Early on, yeah, I uh, I started playing violin. I don't know, maybe in like fourth grade or something like that. I guess I really was. I I forget these things, but I guess I did do a lot. <laughs> you say, it sounds oh. like you were kind of musical. Oh, I don't know. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> so you played piano and <gasps> in, in violin early then. Okay, fine. Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
but your grandfather <laughs> is the one that kind of got you in that involvement yeah, yeah for sure yeah he was an amazing musician yeah did you best. see him did he play like out live or is it kind of just a thing that you saw around the house yeah man he played out live like until his last days it was it oh, was wow. really cool yeah he was he was a badass mm -hmm. do you have any memories of going to see him i do yeah he would play like just these cool local like outdoor I mean, they're not like festivals. There's like these little events in Jersey and he would mm -hmm. be ripping it on the vibes and the drums. Yeah. That's so cool. cool. I love mm -hmm. that you have your grandfather's tattoo because I have my grandfather's signature on my wrist. That's so special. Yeah. He was my favorite person. That. So I think that's so yeah. cool that you also have, we, we share that. That's awesome. I love that. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> so cool. Um, so, okay. So you moved to LA at 18. Did you just, just why, why LA and being so close to New York? I'm sure. That was an option or like, and, and why did you decide to come all the way out to the West Coast? New York was definitely an option. I think my biggest fear, well, I had two fears with being in New York. One was that I wasn't going to grow enough and that I was going to sort of stick to the same circle of friends and I wasn't going to like evolve. And I felt like I really needed a new chapter of my life after high school. Mm -hmm. And two, being that I wanted a place that was close to the ocean and warm all the time. And New York is certainly not either. Of those <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like, I really had no idea what I wanted to do after high school. All my friends were getting accepted into colleges and they were like all excited and I was getting accepted into colleges and nothing made me feel anything. And I remember being in my bedroom with one of my best friends, um, and she was just like joking with me and she was like, why don't you just move to LA? And I was like, that's it. And I did. <laughs> wow. It, yeah. What was that like telling your family? Like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm dipping. I'm going all the way across the whole entire country. <laughs> it was really cool because it was the first time that my mom had ever expressed to me that that was always her dream before she had had me. So when I told her, really? she kind of got like, she got like teary eyed and she got excited because I think she felt like I was fulfilling this dream that she had longed for at her at a younger age. And That's like so she was special. able to send me off and, and do it. Yeah. Yeah. So they helped me move out here. They came out um, for like the first week that I was out here and they brought all my stuff out with me. And yeah. Wow. Was your mom like she wanted to be like an aspiring actor or, or singer or she just wanted to live in L.A.? I think she just loved. California. I mean, she's like a horse girl. She loves horses. And I think okay. there's a lot of beautiful land out here with a lot of oh, great animals. I mean, sure. I don't know. She just, she loves it out here. I'm, I've been trying to get them out here since I turned 18 <laughs> and moved out here. I'm like, finally, this is the year that they're like starting to look at stuff. They're like, okay, maybe we could, maybe we could move out there. I'm like, come on guys. It's time. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So mm -hmm. once this project starts, once you meet your manager through, through your job, um, mm -hmm. did you have like a particular song that you played for him or, and then that became like, oh, we should start working on this. And then how did uh, Royal and the Serpent kind of develop at that point? Yeah. So, I mean, I wrote a song the day that I moved to California, I wrote mm -hmm. a song in my hotel room while my parents were at The Price is Right. I'll never forget <laughs> and I hate so random. And um, that was the song I had had like one song written, I feel like. And that was the song that I played for my friend at the time a few years later. Um, mm -hmm. It was called Stranger Love. And it was about, I mean, I, it was about sex work, really, which was crazy because at the time it was like, I mean, it's not something that I do, but it was, I used to have this like fascination with it and um, sort of like the controversy around it especially then i think it was a lot less talked about at the time mm -hmm. 
Um, and so a lot of my earlier stuff was about that. My next song that I wrote after that was about like strip clubs. And I ended up like going to a strip club and interviewing some of the strippers and like talking to them and like putting some of that in the song. And I don't know, none of these things ended up getting released. He just really thought that crazy that I had written these songs. He didn't believe that I wrote them, let alone like he thought I had a cool voice, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, it started with like opening up a journal mm-hmm. every week, writing down our biggest goals and like every little thing we were going to do to reach those goals. So it was like, if your biggest goal is, let's say, I don't know, play the Super Bowl halftime show, then you break that down into like yearly goals. And then you break those yearly goals down into monthly goals. And then you break those monthly goals into like weekly tasks. So like one week it would be something as simple as, get the E string changed on my guitar because it snapped or play this open mic this week. And it was like little things slowly over time that throughout the years have brought us to where we are. I mean, we still have these meetings where we like talk about our goals and what we're going to do for the week. It's a lot different obviously now, but Mm -hmm. yeah. But that's, Mm -hmm. wow. That's inspiring for people. I mean, to be like, okay, this is the, the ultimate goal or, I'm not sure what you're obviously playing the halftime show, right? The Super Bowl or whatever. Sure, yeah. And then breaking yeah. down each individual. Like, how do you get to there? Okay, well, you do this. And then maybe mm-hmm. if I do this and then kind of building mm-hmm. up, it's almost like you're creating like a written out, like more directed version of like a, like a vision board. Like I always, I believe in vision yes. boards. I think they're, they're mm-hmm. so helpful. I've interviewed a handful of artists that were like, oh, and then like the, the one off the top of my head is this producer slushy. He was like, I had this vision board and I had marshmallow on it. And like, now that he's like his right hand man. So it's just like these crazy things. So at that point I'm like, I'm making a vision board. <laughs> yes. No, <laughs> but it works. Yeah. It's very similar. I mean, I think there's a huge power in writing things down and seeing things visually and doing things with our hands and our like brains together at the same mm-hmm. time. I think it like cements it to the universe or whatever, whatever. Right, you're like we're getting a it out there, of. right? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the likelihood of things coming true when you write them down or when you can see them visually, I, I think like scientifically even or like statistically is like 90% higher. I'm making that number up, but there's a, there's a sounds, way I mean, it chance. sounds right. It's crazy because yeah. like it happens. It happens enough yeah. to where obviously if it was never happening, people wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but wow okay well, I'm, yeah real quick on those first songs that you wrote what a creative idea to really go in you almost were like a journalist going into the the strip club and being like okay i'm gonna interview these these ladies and see what, you know, kind of get their story and then you would go home and write a song about mm-hmm. that and, and kind of piece some of that together yeah i just i always had a fascination with anything that felt um I guess left of center or like left of normal or like a little controversial or like drugs and sex and rock and roll. Like there was just something always so fascinating about, about these topics to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think especially at that time too, there wasn't a whole lot going on in my life. Um, So it was nice to sort of have something else to write about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you started playing the open mic nights, so once you kind of got this plan, like, okay, we're going to uh-huh. we're gonna get this plan going. Like, what, what was it like getting on stage and playing music for the first time in, in front of people? I mean, going from a dancer to now you're like, okay, I got this guitar. I never really sang until I showed anyone my stuff until I got to LA. And now I'm going to be on these stages. Like, 
how did you it was, it was so terrifying i was playing like little coffee shops to like 12 people and i was shaking like shaking playing the guitar it was so scary but but always so amazing and like the reception was always so great and i feel like I don't know. You just grow with every experience that you have. And mm-hmm. I always just tried to take, take it all and do better next time. You know, mm-hmm. I like that. And the amount of artists that you've worked with, like looking at just your discography of the people that you've worked with is it's the, all the people I see on there. I'm like, wow, that's so cool that you had a chance to work with that person. You had a chance to work with rivers. You work with, you know, whoever else, uh, Gail. And I'm just going through and I'm like, whoa, like this is mm-hmm. so cool. Even earlier than that. I mean, just seeing certain names that you had done projects with. I think that's so rad. Like just kind of being in that immersed in that, like, I, probably pretty quickly, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely happened fast. I feel very lucky. Um, it's, yeah, once we like sort of got into the actual world of the music industry, I feel like there's like this interesting little entry point that you sort of like realize, okay, like now I'm in the I'm in the game, I think. Mm-hmm. And and stuff sort of just like starts happening and I honestly don't even know. I feel like I don't even know what's happened over the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. I mean, you got a gold record, <laughs> you've done these huge tour. You're going to go wow. on tour with yeah. like grandson. I mean, so, I sick. so excited yeah playing this like yeah. festival that people think isn't even real because the lineup is so insane i know <laughs> that's the craziest thing i think that's ever happened to me a lot of bands out of uh jersey on that lineup too i mean that scene mm-hmm. kind of came out of that area jersey yeah. and uh, everything else so that's that's so yeah. special with the uh, when we were young but i want to rewind rewind a little quick you got signed yeah. with atlantic records a few years ago in 2019 how did that conversation begin and like how are you kind of found by them um at a show i threw a show at good times at davy wayne's um and a friend of a friend brought an a and r from atlantic and we packed the house out and it was like an awesome show and she loved it and she saw the crowd's response and the line out the door and brought us into the office the next day and Honestly, I loved everybody that I met and it was like a no questions. I love this company. I love these people. It feels like home. Like it was just a fit immediately. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. What a, what an achievement. Mm-hmm. Were you kind of I mean that must have been a wild a wild moment, right? I mean, you know, this major yeah. label with all these, you know, the the roster is insane insane of people that have been on the label for over the course of the years and then they're interested in me and my in my music. Yeah, I didn't believe them. I I thought like first of all, I was like, "There's no way that these people actually work for Atlantic." I was like, "There's, you know, they, they must be working for some other company that's affiliated with Atlantic." Right, like, there's right. no way that Atlantic Records wants anything to do with me because at the time I was literally just some no one playing some shows in LA, um, which I still feel like hilariously. But um, yeah, I I didn't believe them. I thought. I even remember like when I was signing the deal, looking at the paperwork and being like, wait, 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 like actually Atlantic records, like for real. (laughs) They were like, yeah, what? (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Crazy. You you remember Mm -hmm. calling your mom and telling her about it? Yeah. I mean, my mom was out here. She came out to the show. My mom came out to the last show we had before we signed. To like we were doing a showcase at the Moroccan Lounge to sort of show some of the other people, mm-hmm. some of the other ANRs the project, and my mom was able to be out here for that and like meet my ANRs, which was really cool. 
That is cool. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. And you mm-hmm. put out your EP. Uh, we're two years ago now in 2020, but it was what the, the COVID had already begun at this point. Yeah, big time. For so sure. did you have the record complete? Like, where were you at? Like when that happened towards, I mean, you signed mm-hmm. with Atlantic, you got to, you're going to put an EP out and then like everything stops and you're like, uh, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we signed right before the pandemic and then it hit and I was terrified to put out music for a really long time, just because I think I was under the impression that I didn't want to take any attention away from some of the more important mm-hmm. global and societal issues that I think were sure. being brought to the surface at the time. And so it was a big struggle to finally get some of the music that I've been working on out. But um, I was able, thank God, uh, to still work with my producer. We were like going into the studio fully gloved, fully masked, like not even being near each other. I was like in the vocal booth while he was producing. Um, and we finished some some songs and we put out Overwhelmed. And the response was insane. <laughs> 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 yeah, to say the least, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, was it kind of immediate? I mean, it's t- the response just, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, you have a gold record and like we said, and just hundreds of millions of streams and, you know, charting on the alt charts and the rock charts, like you put the song out and does it initially just catch fire? It definitely was quick. I mean, it was, it was like, um, gosh, I don't know. It's kind of like, when you're at the beginning of a roller coaster and you're going like really, really slow, but you mm-hmm. know that you're going up and then like all of a sudden you realize that you're all the way at the top and then you drop and it's like, whoa, that's my metaphor for what it okay. felt like. Um, yeah, I mean, it happened pretty quickly. The TikToks just started kind of rolling in and the next thing we knew it, the label was like, let's throw gas on the fire. And right. then it was on the radio. I, I like, I don't even know. It all happened really fast. It was crazy. Hearing your song on the radio for the first time. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I cried hysterically in the car. Did you really? That's so yeah. Cool. It was, um, I screamed and cried. It was, it was really emotional and really beautiful and really special. I was having a rough day and, um, I was on my way to a session and I, Turned on the radio, and there was my song when I got in the car, and I just started bawling because it was like, what am I complaining about? Like, this is the life I've always wanted. Why Why have a bad day? Like, fuck that. <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. What, yeah. I come from radio. I, I did radio for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But just hearing that, it, make, it, it gives me the chills because I'm like, That's so cool. Cause, when you're at the radio station, you're playing records and you're playing songs from these when, from artists, like new artists. And it's like, does anyone even care? Like <laughs> that I'm playing this record right now, but to hear that you're in the car and you hear that and you're just like, it, you just get so mm-hmm. emotional. Like that means a lot to me. I just think that's so yeah. awesome to hear those stories. Yeah. I care a lot. I mean, I still get like kind of emotional whenever if randomly it pops up on like alt nation or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's I, I hope that feeling never goes away. If I ever get another song that is on the radio or whenever I get when it. when who, you get the who, next yeah. song. <laughs> who knows? But who knows? Let's okay, be honest. But 
when and if that ever happens again, I hope that that feeling never goes away. And I hope that I can always appreciate all, all the little wins along the way. I love it. I love it. I want to mm-hmm. talk to you about your new record that you just, just put out. Okay. Um, so tell me about it. I, the cover yeah. art is crazy. Like, I, I think it's Thank so you. like artsy and rad. Um, not only that, but I really like the last song on the record. I mean, all of them are rad, but um, I'm not you. sorry. It's such a cool song. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I put out a record called If I Died, Would Anyone Care? Mm-hmm. And if you can't tell by the title, I've been having a little bit of a tough time um, mentally and emotionally. And I'm so grateful that I get to put that into my art and share it with people and that people get to feel understood um, and like they're not alone because I think at least from the response I've been getting from some of the people that have been listening, it seems like other people feel similarly. And I just love that music is this thing we all get to connect over. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, the songs are, I'm really proud of them. I was really excited to put this record out. It's like one of the first times that I am really excited to play the songs live because I think, they're easy to rock out to. Mm-hmm. And that's been a little tougher with some of my other music in the past. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the concept and everything behind the songs, that's super vulnerable where you, you know, especially with uh, having the success of, of overwhelmed and obviously this a massive amount of eyes on you and ears on you. Were you worried about putting out such a, you know, emotionally, like it's such a deep record. It's crazy because I still, for whatever reason, can't seem to understand or believe that anybody has eyes on me. It's like the hardest thing, I think, for me to come to terms with and really like grasp the idea that people are out there watching what I'm doing and listening to my music. And uh, I mean, it's, I think that's where the title was essentially born from because mm-hmm. I felt like, okay, I put out this record that like got all these radio play, like all this radio play, all these streams, it got certified gold, but like, why do I still feel like nobody even knows who I am? And I don't know. It's like the song did well, but does anybody care about me? And I, not even like in a selfish way, just like if I died, would anybody even give a fuck or would I just disappear and not be Mm -hmm. here anymore? And, um, And so, yeah, I guess there wasn't necessarily a fear of whether or not putting something out that vulnerable, it wasn't that scary because I didn't think people were paying attention. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are, and I'm continuing to try to remind myself that they are. And the people that are paying attention, I hope that my music is helping them because that is really, at the end of the day, all that I want. Yeah. I mean, when I listen to it, because that's one of my biggest character defects. Like, I'm like, does anyone even, like, I don't know why anyone cares about what I'm doing or me or whatever. And it's like yeah. just listening to your story and like, listen, especially with the last song on the record, I was like, wow, like this is such a powerful song. Thank you. And uh, I'm sure there's gotta be, you know, I'm just speaking from my own experience, like millions upon millions of other people that also sit in that same space where it's like, wow, like, I guess, you know, if she can get through it or she can write a song about it, you know, that can help me maybe get through my issues and, and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of battle with that and, and figure yeah. out what's going on. Like, I think that's, that's a, it's a really powerful record. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been a huge advocate for authenticity and honesty in my music because I think it's all I know how to do. 
So mm-hmm. it's um, if I'm not feeling amazing, then I think that really reflects in the music that I make. And clearly a lot of people feel the same way. So it's like, we're just sad, but right. I mean, it's re- it really is. I mean, it was, I was seeing some of the comments on like my last video that I put out and someone was saying like, we should have like a discord or something where we can all just get in and talk to each other. Cause so many people were in there. Like, I feel this way. I feel the same way. I'm this, I'm that. And, um, it's nice to like see people coming together over shared hurt, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully I mean, it's therapeutic, it. yeah. right? It, that's yeah, exactly. why I go, people go to, you know, different, you know, support groups or meetings or, mm-hmm. you know, AA or whatever. It's because you're mm-hmm. bound a bunch of like-minded people and you could share your feelings yeah. kind of in a safe space. I think uh, the discord thing is a great idea. Yeah. I'm so like, I have no, I don't understand that world at all. I hear discord and I just think like, Web three, ah! I, like, don't, I didn't happening? understand it either. I thought it was like a video game. Thing. Yeah, I'm like what's going on? <laughs> Help! Um, but you know, I, I do. I love the idea of just like everybody having a place to sort of connect and lift each other up, and whatever. Just the sense of community, I think, is so important, even if it's mm-hmm. online. Yeah, I think it's huge online too. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where everybody yeah. is constantly, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And uh, it's well on that same kind of thread. I mean, that's why a festival like when we were young is such a big deal because mm-hmm. all of that like emo, emotional music and people are like gravitating towards and, and latching on in the early 2000s for all of those type of songs more in a poppy mm-hmm. sense, but in that same regard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's essentially why everyone's been talking about it the way that they have. People are Mm -hmm. feeling like, I mean, it's the first time in a long time that all of these bands are going to be in one place. And I think there's just a huge demographic and a whole generation really of people that I hope and think are very excited to come together. Oh yeah. People Mm -hmm. are, when I saw that, I thought it was fake. I was like, wait, what? Like every band I liked growing up as a kid are all at the same yeah. space at one time. <laughs> like what is going on? <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I started thinking it was fake because of all the people on the internet saying it was. I was like, is this a meme? Like what is going on here, guys? Yeah, I thought it was too. I'm like, this has got to not be real. And then I actually yeah. recently interviewed um, Casey from the Wonder Years and they're playing mm-hmm. the show. And I was like, mm-hmm. asked him about it. I'm like, so... I'm hearing a lot of stuff about this being fake. I'm like off the record, like what's going on? He goes, dude, it's happening. <laughs> it's totally happening. It's totally it's happening. It's so funny. I know. I know. The day that I came out, I was just getting like DM after DM after DM. Royal, tell us, tell us, is it real? Please save us. It's real, <laughs> yeah. guys. It's real. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might have to organize it more of like a, um, like a, warp tours type situation but hey that's yeah, yeah. how they have to do it i mean there's too many bands yeah. to play one no, by totally. one but i mean obviously that's how a festival works if you looked at a coachella lineup you wouldn't be like all right i get to see every band that's playing <laughs> no, exactly exactly i wish um, it worked like that we need so much more time in our lives to be able to make that happen. oh yeah yeah that'd be like a four-day show plus yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah but uh, that's so rad that you're doing that. And of course, the grandson tour. And then you're, you're coming. I just recently moved to Nashville from Southern California. I'm born and raised San Diego kid. Um, and oh, I saw cool. you're playing at the Basement East, which is rad. And yeah. 
Uh, the I'm sure you're pretty excited about the Grand Centaur. I am more excited. I am so excited. Like I, he has just been one of my um, biggest inspirations and sort of like big brothers through like the process of, I don't even know, becoming the project that I am right now. And I've looked up to him for so long and it's just really special to me that he asked me to come. Yeah. He's such a cool guy. I, I had a chance yeah. to interview him and he is like, yeah, one of the, he's so intelligent and he's very mm-hmm. like open and like he chatted for such a long time. And I'm like, gosh, this guy's like, he didn't have to do this. I mean, he's so yeah. up here and just like how nice he was and everything else. So the fact that you get to tour with him, I'm sure that's just going to be such a great time. He really is. He's the best. Yeah. I'm excited. Very, very cool. And I really appreciate your time right now. Thank you so much Thank for doing you. this. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. I have one more quick question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, I think create whatever the hell you want unapologetically all the time. And don't ever give a fuck what anybody else thinks about it because it doesn't matter. And we're on this planet to enjoy and to create and to love ourselves and what we do. and. Other people's opinions are trash. <laughs>